0: internet this is Jacob here with theology and dialogue our really cool podcast and I'm sitting here with sister Michelle Cimaroli hey Michelle hey everybody how are you
1: I'm doing well happy to be here
0: we have a dynamite podcast coming up would you agree
1: it is pretty rocking
0: so I had teased you all a bit at the end of the last episode uh we have Gustavo Gutierrez
1: the one and the only.
0: The one and the only, the founder of liberation theology.
1: Mm-hmm, the padre. If, if yeah,
0: will. exactly. <laughs> so, um, Michelle, you are a nun.
1: I am, yes. Um, I'm a handmaid of the can, Sacred Heart of Jesus.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your vocation? Your story, why you got into liberation theology? That might um, be too
1: long for this podcast, but
0: well, give us the highlights. Give us the <laughs> greatest hits.
1: Yeah, well, um, I mean, actually, my my interest in liberation theology, I think, came a little bit before um, I realized that 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 was my vocation to be to be a sister. I spent some time in Peru, um, and I actually was looking forward to kind of delving into liberation theology a little bit, but which did not actually get to happen. But uh, it did help me to understand a bit about the culture, and and then I came back from Peru and became a sister and started studying theology and was encouraged to, to study more about liberation theology, um, since we we do also work in El Salvador, uh, which is another good um you know, central location for liberation theology, the University of Central America, where the Jesuits are. Mm. Um, so that's that was another touch point for me. Um, but particularly in our in our work with and and for the poor um, throughout Latin America and, and in other places as well, it's an I think an important thing to to engage with, uh, and especially in our in our work in theology.
0: So uh, for the people listening, uh, I had to step away from the mic and shush some uh, some. Some noisy, noisy theologians. Yeah, noisy theologians. Um, so, uh, so I missed the part about Peru. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you all got it. Uh, but yeah, but that's that's a that's the point of contact, right? That's right. one of the things that sort of like yeah, uniquely so if, qualified if, you to do this interview is that like you spent time. Well, there.
1: yeah, I don't I wouldn't say I'm uniquely uniquely qualified by any means, but I'm a I'm a novice. You're I'm more I'm interested qualified than I am, so. in liberation <laughs> theology. <laughs> um, I yeah, at least have a bit of the the cultural context that awesome. gave Perfect. birth to this Perfect. this theology. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um so tell us a little bit about uh, da, 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 da. tell us a little bit about the interview. What did you? What were you interested in? What uh, you know? We had Father Art there. Who's yeah. Father? You know, um, I was in your liberation theology. Right? Yeah, we, were, we were, in the same in, class. were in class together. Yeah, yeah Father okay. Art,
1: liberation yeah. theology. Yeah. Good times. Um, no, it was I. I. It was such a such a wonderful opportunity to be able to just sit down and talk with. Gustavo Gutierrez um how many people get to say that they've done that but um mm-hmm. but just to even to to be with him and to to talk he just kind of exuded this uh, a great joy a uh, great love for for the church and for the work that that he does um especially for what his care his care for people really is is I think what what is most what he's most passionate about mm-hmm. um and for for the full liberation of of people and Um, but he just exuded this, he's such an example of humility. Um, and you know, at the end, it just kind of, it really got me when I asked him about what he thought about the future of liberation theology. And he wasn't at all concerned about that. He he just, this is his way of, of being a Christian. This is what it means for him to be a Christian. This is discipleship. This is, this is theology for him. Um, this very praxis based discipleship model of what does it, how do we proclaim, uh, the good news. How do we tell people about God? Yes. Um, yeah. That it's what it looks like on the ground for people who are who have a lot a lot of struggles.
0: Yes, awesome. Well, another thing I guess we should mention is that we recorded this several months ago. We did. So uh, we don't have a lot of fun Trump anecdotes or anything no, like that. No, no. Uh, this is pre. <laughs> This is post the election. Was, this
1: was right after the election. So yes. I think we were still trying to assimilate what had happened. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. maybe even including uh, Father Gutierrez. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: I remember being with him at the at the dinner and and we we were still all kind of shocked and hungover yeah. from the from the thing and, and trying to figure out what this even means. Yes. So, so all that all that to say just to our listeners that um you know this this maybe could be considered a bit dated for where we're at politically now, but I think, but I think that the the topics that we cover are not necessarily contingent on no. a particular um, uh, moment in politics. Rather, they're um, uh, I think it just reveals a lot about Gutierrez, his life story, mm-hmm. his method, his his uh, his. Uh, unique way of doing mm-hmm. theology right That yeah. that you
1: know and and the contribution that he came um you know to villanova uh that he received an honor for um mm-hmm. for this very important contribution to to the church and to to theology as a whole um so he he was he received the Civitas Day award uh, for mm-hmm. his intellect, intellectual engagement with between the the church and the world which is i think a great way to to sum up liberation theology that is engaging the church from the world
0: yeah awesome well great yeah so y'all get ready here hold, comes hold on Gustavo your Gutierrez interviewed by the one and only sister Michelle Cimaroli and uh you might hear me and father art mumbling in the background um so uh hope you all enjoy
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Interesting. so I, uh, I will say the question in Spanish
1: Well we warmly welcome to our podcast today Father Gustavo Gutierrez whose work A Theology of Liberation laid the foundation for liberation theology in Latin America over the past 45 years my name is Michelle Cimaroli. I'm a graduate student here in at Villanova in the Theology Department. And along with me is Father Arthur Percaro, an Augustinian priest here at Villanova, who also was my liberation theology professor and who helped me to know Gustavo very, very well um, in our in our class together. And he currently serves as the assistant vice president for mission and ministry here at the university. It's very good to be here with with both of you, um, Father Gutierrez. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us today. You're here at Villanova today because the university is awarding you with the Civitas Day Medal, honoring your life's work of liberation theology and bringing the lives of the poor and the marginalized to the center of the church's attention. Could you just share with us a story, a personal experience that might have influenced your thinking and led you to develop the theology that's kind of come down to us now as, as liberation theology?
2: Well, I was um, doing my theology in, uh, in Europe, uh, in France, and uh, for me really was very interesting. I was a passionate person, and. Uh, well, but uh, I I was in my life uh, a pastor. Um, um, it was my vocation, uh, is this, and at the same time uh, trying to reflect, and, uh, and this movement was very important for me. This relation between uh, uh, the practice, the contact with the people, the presentation of the gospel. In uh, parishes or groups, uh, and so and uh, and uh, at the same time uh, to 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 reflect about that and uh, well la, the, my time uh, in my life was above all in practice in uh, in uh, meetings. Uh, Uh, And at the same time trying to to read uh, to read uh, some uh, questions, about some questions. And uh, really I am very happy doing this, this relation uh, between practice, pastoral, and uh, the theology. Uh, I have uh, said uh, sometimes uh, I am a parish priest uh, doing theology. <laughs> uh, but because the first point is uh, the most important. It's not only parish, I was uh, working uh, with uh, students and so on. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that actually seems to connect very well with kind of the purpose of the, the award that you're receiving uh, that honors intellectual engagement between the church and the world. And in a, in a theology of liberation in your work, you acknowledge that the Augustinian theology of history in which we find in the city of God is based on a true analysis of the signs of the times and the demands with which they challenge the Christian community. What, what do you perceive to be some of those pressing need, signs of the times today in this historical moment that we're living, maybe especially here in the United States? And how, how are we challenged as a Christian community to, to meet those, to, those demands that challenge us?
2: Oh, first of all, I have uh, discovered, one manner to, to, to speak, uh, St. Augustine in my first year in, in theology, a very good professor, and uh, it was uh, incredible. Uh, The name was clear. The name is one of the great personalities Mm -hmm. in the history of the church. Mm -hmm. But uh, to work really and uh, even the change also because he has changed. He's open to to take another position and uh, it was very, very important uh, uh, for me. And I think. it is the case. Uh, also, he was a pastor, <laughs> and uh, I have the, the great admiration for this kind of people, uh, close to people, uh, and uh, committed. Yeah, at the same time, uh, reflection. Certainly, in this case, is uh, <laughs> uh, so so weak uh, uh, personality, but. Uh, I think uh, theology is important to work uh, in uh, the Christian communities. I think uh, because uh, it is a reflection, Uh, it is a second moment, it is true as any reflection uh, comes after, but it is necessary. I think, uh, I I underline practice, but I think uh, without uh, reflection and uh, contact with uh, ideas and different, uh, it's a danger, I think. And and in my practice, I was teaching uh, theology above all in my life uh, to the lay persons in in courses of two weeks every year, but two weeks they were there in coming, uh, interest for this. I think uh, we need to to present theology for the persons, not exactly uh, uh, only this, technically, but uh, it's important.
1: I don't know if you've had much opportunity to reflect in kind of this moment that we're living right now in in the United States after this election that we've had. There's um, there's been a lot of cases of division, people in opposition to each other, some different ideas about the poor and whose rights uh, need to be fought for in this situation. So it's very very complex uh, in the past year, especially, and a lot of things have been kind of coming to the surface. Um, it, i 'm curious what what does option for the poor mean when there's there's so much complexity in in this situation how how are we do you, do you have any insights on how we might be called as church to respond in this particular moment
2: well i um, as as uh, so many persons i am also very concerned with these last uh, questions' terrible questions i think and uh, because uh, well, it's not only a political question, it's political, but not only is human a question, a very deep human question. And uh, I don't know, I cannot, uh, uh, I don't know what this, uh, will be the, the, the questions after, but I am very concerned because it seems or is clear maybe uh, to see this uh, change is very dangerous for the poor and uh, uh, well I recognize one uh, country maybe uh, to have one uh, one uh, respect for the laws and, and so the order public but uh, the question of persons because uh, uh, they they need to work and so and the pope is uh, about immigration is a big question and uh, and uh, it is a phenomenon very present in our world today and uh, but very difficult here also i cannot really to to advance what will be the, the, the question uh, is here, here but uh, I am really very 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 uh, I think it is beginning a very painful moment mm-hmm. in the country and for any persons for Christians for the church in United States and uh, well we we in some manner we need to uh, to wait, also.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the topic of immigration um, actually, I think is a we might go to that in terms of liberation theology and how that, that might be applied there. Um, I know I remember in your in your introduction to the fifteenth anniversary of your book, you talked about how changes had arisen since the, the inception of liberation theology. Particularly as the Church in Latin America was attempting to respond to Vatican II at the Council of Medellin, that since that time a lot had the situation had changed and that liberation theology needed to d- to adapt. He said that the development of liberation theology in Latin America has been accompanied by a continual awareness that we have entered into a his- new historical stage in the life of our peoples and by a felt need of understanding this new stage as a call from the Lord. To preach the gospel in a way that befits the new situation. Both of these factors condition the thinking of liberation theology, requiring that it man- maintain a twofold identity to the God of our faith and to the peoples of Latin America. So now, over 30 years later, from, from that time, we see continuing a significant number of people from Latin America that have immigrated to the United States. And many have experienced very difficult marginalization and isolation, even within the church itself in the United States sometimes. How, how do you see the church uh, of the United States maybe taking on liberation theology as a way to preach the gospel to and from the perspective of Latina, Latino immigrants? Um, how do you think liberation theology needs to adapt to this, this context that we find ourselves in now?
2: well two, 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 two things uh, and uh, I think uh, liberation theology is a, a theology uh, taking into account the history uh, the change but the change uh, uh, but keeping the the fundamentals and uh, we, have, we said in the beginning, the relevance and the, the defy also of the poverty for the Church. Well, it is continued. <laughs> but continued, but in different manners. It is the, the, the question. I think uh, uh, it is, uh, it is um, a, a theology trying to pay attention to the changes. Uh, Normal in the, in the, and uh, well, and uh, you know, uh, I have received several times um, this uh, uh, question, uh, this uh, uh, people trying to, to know this uh, normally the. the, the the expression was this if you must to write again your book uh, you are going this uh, doing this in, uh, in the same manner or you have changed and uh, you know sometimes I have said uh, no I changed. ah good uh-huh. In this case, you have, uh, you have, uh, uh, you don't believe in what you. No, no. But I, I change. But answer. Uh, in other, in other occasions, I say no. It's the same. Ah, you have n- nothing uh, 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 new in in your well, once, one person, a journalist, very polite person, uh, asked me, uh, you uh, are able to write your book, Liberation Theology, in the same terms today? I say, my friend, are you, uh, are you married? Nothing to do. Apparently, who is the question? But he was very polite. I say yes. Uh, how many years are you um, married? Twenty years. Are you able to write a letter, a love letter, to your uh, your wife uh, in the same terms when we were uh, twenty years before? No, it is my case. Mm-hmm. You know. It is incredible to say he was very polite, he, he happy with this, it was not a problem with him. But you know, uh, I think uh, the, the foundations, the first intuitions, but they are uh, human situations, it's changed. And uh, for me, to do theology, to write theology, is to... To read a, 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 let, a love letter to God, to my church, to my people. it is, And I cannot formulate my love in the same manner, but the love is always there. <laughs> it's the same, but not the manner to, to express. I think this is very important. Um, well in front of the question the second point for me um, well uh, the pope is trying doing a great effort to to try to, to have a church uh, close to the poorest in the world well I I can understand very well. It's complex, the question difficult, and so. But the, this question is important, very important, and uh, the church here in this country will be able to to follow this uh, this uh, 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 proposal of the, the, the Pope about immigration. Or in Europe, also Uh, because it's more, it's very present, also. Well, it depends, but uh, uh, it is clear we have one uh, aspect in this uh, problem in these days here is the racism, and uh, we cannot accept this, for example. (coughs) It's uh, Christian, not accept. Uh, this and uh, we need to uh, take a position about this. Will be dif- difficult, uh, maybe certainly uh, very hard for the the the, the church here. But uh, the voice of um, of the Pope is very clear, and uh, we have no doubt yeah. about this.
1: If. Thank you very much, that's very helpful. If we, if we look at the figure of Jesus um, and, I mean, we can see how costly love can be, right? the, the ultimate love that, that he has, has given out to us, and the, um, the challenge, I think the, the cost that might be associated with truly putting ourselves on the line and, and pr- placing the poor at the center and, and some of these, these systems that you talk about with racism putting that at at the center of our attention can be very, very challenging in the world. And today happens to be the anniversary, November 16th, um, of the the deaths of six Jesuit priests who, along with their cook and her daughter, were killed in El Salvador during the Civil War there in the 1980s. Um, It was the same conflict that took the life of their former Archbishop, Monsignor Oscar Romero, who was beatified by Pope Francis last year as a martyr. And to a certain extent, each of them lived and proclaimed liberation theology. And especially the Jesuit Ignacio E. Curia, who wrote extensively, and you affirm that he holds a distinctive place in the theology of liberation, as you wrote in the foreword to that book by, by Michael Lee, um, Bearing the Weight of Salvation, that kind of explores the relationship between Christian salvation and action in E. Curia's writings. So you assert that his writings have been fully revealed in his martyrial witness, Eucuria. Um Could you discuss the place of martyrdom in liberation theology? And you know, do, we, do you still see martyrs today? What, where, where do you see kind of that, that cost? Well, um,
2: first of all, uh, certainly Eucuria, the contribution of Eucuria to theology, etiology liberation but theology in general uh, was really very big very important and we need to to, to read uh, to work uh, his uh, his ideas and so and uh, and this uh, the question of martyrdom you know I think uh, the assassination of the uh, Bishop Romero and the Jesuit and many others uh, has, uh, has expanded the notion of martyr because uh, the martyrdom because uh, the, the question was always uh, clearly for uh, faith for the church for well, it is true. But I think uh, the martyrs in Latin America, and we have this in the number 98 in uh, Aparecida. It is said that there, um, um, the text is speaking about the persons um, assassinated by the, the faith in God, Jesus, the Church and the people. The people. It is very important because it's very frequent in the language, in the expressions of Romero and of Jesuits. I knew very well this Jesuit. I was when I was in Salvador. I was there in their house and uh, for, for years, for different moments, uh, meetings, and so. Well, I think uh, uh, the people. It seems to be very clear in Aparecida. It's not only the religious aspect is very important, certainly, but not only. It, to say the people is not more important, it's not the question. The question is another manner to understand. It is true. And uh, there uh, the, this person, the Jesuits, these friends, uh, were giving their life for uh, for Jesus, for God, for the church and for their people. Yaguría was a great intellectual. It was easy for him to to be in Spain and to teach there. And uh, he has uh, uh, chosen to be in El Salvador and risk, because the risk was. And uh, finally Uh, We must uh, recall always uh, this question of martyrdom in Latin America, because uh, one scandal is it is a Catholic uh, continent baptised at least in majority, and how is possible? Well, it is impossible in other ways also, but especially in this case, and uh, liberation theology was uh, really one uh, one thought uh, trying to call to the commitment to the poor, but uh, we have to uh, pay a very high price for this.
1: What do you think motivates or allows people to be able to embrace that um, that
2: is their their faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they were taken in, in the people because was one the people. It's not an uh, abstract uh, faith. Uh, I believe in God uh, and for the reason I giving my life but for the people. They were close to the the the, the poor persons and uh, we can uh, link it to Romero and Jesuits also for many reasons, but this is one uh, a fact so important really in the history of the Church. But many persons uh, in El Salvador in Latin America uh, are not thinking in this way. They say no, they were too, too in politics uh, questions in a sense even even today. I was in the funeral of Romero I in El Salvador. I was there also for the beatification and uh, the question was so different. The funeral was a silence around the cathedral and uh, this time was joy and uh, it is very very emotional to, to, to Cities, but uh, many persons were opposed to the beatification of Romero. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but 35 years after the, the the assassination, we have Romero and soon the canonization. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is a uh, to give a life, but for many persons, for some persons at at least, they they don't understand. Again, uh, uh, I think uh, the persons with power in Latin America, in front of this kind of uh, witness, they are not so, with exceptions, certainly. uh, je, I think uh, uh, they are not the only one you know in Latin America it, it was in salvador uh, where we have the the sisters of the same year the assassination uh, Romero and uh, we have this also and, and many in other countries mm-hmm. and
3: could I Uh, and perhaps on that same (coughs) line I think of I cannot help but think of Maria Elena Moyano that uh, here is a lay person here is a committed Christian here is somebody who gave her, dedicated her life to the people via El Salvador, via the savior she in times of great difficulty in times when her life was threatened by the terrorists in El Luminoso they did not want development. She was committed to the people of God, yeah. and 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 you were present at her funeral, which was I was uh, An uh, enormous number of people, a enormous. great expression of faith, and people at the same time, uh, I know would question, well, was she? Was she a Christian?" Just as people would question Romero, uh, why would knowing, as you know, these people what brought them to commitment to, to is their faith in God present in history and not willing to sit in the back while people's rights were trampled on people's lives were considered worth nothing so you, you were present at the, at, and lived through all of that you, part of, of your life is participation in those major acts which are not simply the ordained or the, the consecrated religious so many lay people like Maria Elena Moyano. Could you tell us how that experience was?
2: Well, for you? the question is, is this is not only religious persons, uh, as classic <coughs> religious persons, but uh, lay persons also. And uh, in my own country, we have uh, Sandro mm-hmm. uh, and, and two Franciscans also. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, very good people. They were only working with the poor. And and uh, in this case, it's very uh, was not uh, the power, but uh, the uh, the other side, the, the the persons in rebellion there. And uh, I think uh, was very. You know, uh, I have uh, one, uh, well, um, I don't know what is the the expression, but a number, it's not uh, the paper, but uh, imprinted, Uh, the Sendero Luminoso affirming uh, the danger of liberation theology for them. (laughs) Because uh, they say, no, no, they are speaking. These people are uh, speaking about uh, poverty, but no, no, it's false. Mm-hmm. It's uh, to. to uh, and they were uh, killing uh, these the Franciscans and uh, Sandro after. And uh, well, and, and, you know, the enemies, I was speaking about the question of the outside of church, uh, the martyrdom was this many inside of the church were not open to recognize yeah. this uh, giving, this uh, done, uh, but uh, was, uh, there, uh, it was there. Uh, it has changed, but it can uh, come after, I think.
1: Maybe just um, maybe looking to kind of wrap up, um, what would you say are your hopes for the future of, of liberation theology yeah. as, as we're moving forward? Um, some of the current focuses of our global church that we're seeing right now such as care for creation uh, attention to mass migration human trafficking some of these things that we're observing in our world that the Pope has called our attention to as well how how do some of these things fit into this ever developing scope of liberation theology so what what hopes do you have
2: well I am happy certainly for this uh, presence of uh, the Question of uh, poverty in, uh, in the church, and uh, but uh, you know how to say this and to to be clear. I am not uh, too much interested in the presence of liberation theology, but uh, in the question, <laughs> uh, without the name is good for me also. <laughs> I think it is the gospel. And these points, for what reason is so relevant the question of poverty, because it's in the in the in the Bible. It is in the scripture. And uh, well one way to to speak and to take into account this is liberation theology, other ways also. In other manners, it's possible. It depends on the country situations and so. On. I am. Uh, I say very very often, you know, I don't believe in in liberation theology. I believe in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and my hope is this, not not this theology. But I am not trying to say this is not interesting for me. It is not true. It is my 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 context is this. I continue. But the idea is to recall uh, the, the central points in the Christian message. It is the points. And uh, it is... Uh, well, uh, the Pope is uh, doing this. <laughs> doing this is uh, so fresh in the present. And, uh, I think... Uh, I am happy of this, you know. Until my forty years, I was Christian, I think, and uh, before liberation theology, I, I, uh, I, I am thinking, uh, uh, I can, I can be a Christian after liberation theology. Liberation theology is not uh, my face; it is my mind, uh, my uh, manner, but no more. And uh, I uh, try to avoid uh, 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 to be uh, uh, a prisoner, the one manner to to think. I, I believe I have. I was working in this uh, question for me is very important, but at the same time. Uh, the, we need to, to to understand. It is not the way. If you are not in liberation theology, is not your question. Uh, it is not uh, a good. No, no, no. Maybe no, for, for other reasons. This is my manner. I know? And uh, my manner the manner of many other people also. But uh, no more. No more. This is very important. I have not tried to taking one uh, elegant uh, distance of uh, liberation theology is not so. It is my life, I continue, uh, I am working in this way, but also with this idea, it is more than that. It is one, one contribution, and we we are uh, seeing the contribution since uh, last time. And, uh, but uh, I I recognize other manners, other manners, not in the, the, the question, for example, the question of the poor is not uh, so relevant. No, no, it is not possible, because it is in the, in, the, in the message. The manner uh, is different. <laughs> it is different. And uh, I think it is very important uh, to Otherwise, it's, I don't know, in Spanish it's a capilla, no, no. no. I think uh, theology must be always very flexible and uh, and freedom there. Uh, My identification, I try, is who is the witness of Jesus. Uh, and uh, I have choose one manner to do that. No more. And
3: we're very grateful you did choose that. Yes. <laughs> you have helped so many of us.
1: Yes, right. very much. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. Muchas gracias, padre.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: couple months because it's summertime and I'm not going to write anything. I'm not going to read anything and I'm not going to do any podcasting. (laughs) So thank you, Michelle.
1: Thank you.